0: An ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. This is a remarkable repetition in the seven letters to the seven churches. You hear it in the message to Smyrna. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Every one of them is told to listen up, to hear, like Pergamum, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who conquers. I will give some of the hidden manna. I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. In every case, it's about and concerning those who conquer. As to Thyatira, the one who conquers, And who keeps my works until the end. To him I will give authority over the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. As when earthen pots are broken in pieces. Even as I myself have received authority from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear. Let him hear. what the spirit says. To the churches. The father is often mentioned. Listen Sardis. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Even though Jesus is speaking, he says the Spirit is the one who instructs the churches. Failing or fulfilled like Philadelphia. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, neither shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And he is concerned that those who will conquer, listen carefully. So listen up, Laodicea. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Hear, you conquerors. But that really brings up a lot of questions. (laughs) Like, what should we hear? What defines a conqueror? What do we conquer? What in the world does Jesus mean by conquer? All seven churches, the good, the bad, and the ugly, were given promises for those who conquer. And taken together, they tell a most interesting story. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. It's a beautiful place to start a discussion of our eternal lives since it starts with the very beginning of human life. Before God made humans, he made a garden called Eden for our ultimate parents to live in. And out of the ground that the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We discover later in the Revelation that the new tree of life bears fruit in a continuous cycle and that eternal life is sustained by constantly eating the fruit of that tree. Many, myself included, think that the tree of life in the garden had the same effect. If Adam had not sinned, he could have continuously eaten of the tree of life and never, ever die. But, sadly, he did sin. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. God did not want Adam to live permanently in his state of sin, rebellion, death. Knowing evil and the difference between that and good but with no idea what to do about it nor any ability to deal with it. God didn't want Adam to stay that way because he had a plan. Now understand that the tree of life of the new creation is not the same tree of life that was in the garden. It's much, much better through the middle of the street of the city on either side of the river the the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. No Satan, no demons, no evildoers of any kind. And this new tree of life is a part of our eternal lives, part of our worshiping him forever. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The paradise of God is the new creation. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There's a whole bunch here. You can't look at everything. Let's look ahead all the way to the end. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face. And his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no lamp of light or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Whew. Breathe. <laughs> it's, take it. Easy. It's coming, but we're not there yet. Yeah, we're still not there. Okay. For now, let's go on to the promise to the church in Smyrna. He who has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. The second death is not for us. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. That is good. Wonderful promise. A lot there, too, we won't talk about. But the second death, what are those? What about those who don't share in the first resurrection? With well, all the warnings God gives to people, you would be correct if you guessed it's not pretty. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, from his presence earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. There's a terrible reality for those who refuse Jesus Christ. Maybe we want to increase the warning call. <laughs> but what are the great promise we considered last week? Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. If they don't hear, if they won't hear, they will not conquer that if we hear and hearing is doing then we will not suffer the second death the one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son but as for the cowardly the faithless the detestable as for murderers the sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters, and all liars their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur which is the second death if you're worried that maybe you could be accused of some of these sins. Hold on, good news coming. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Note, there is no promise as to missing that first death. That one, we probably will all go through that one. In fact, those in Smyrna were pretty much promised some of them would die for following Christ. And well, all of them did die no matter what form of death it was, but none of them will ever die again. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, with a new name written on the stone that no one knows, except the one who receives it. Ah, Jesus is building, 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 his promises first the hidden manna what is this i don't know it's hidden (laughs) and i'm really serious nobody knows what it is but manna now these people knew their scriptures they knew the story about the food that miraculously appeared for the million plus israelites when they wandered the desert for 40 years day after day they got a supply of manna and it kept them alive and healthy So they, the people of Pergamum, and we know this is about God supplying good things for his people. But Jesus is talking about the new creation. This will be so intensely better than anything anyone alive has ever experienced. Everything there will be incomparably greater than anything experienced in this world. Even football i I mean, my heart can't breathe out how wonderful it will be. I don't even know it's hidden from us, <laughs> probably we couldn't understand even if God told us we do we do not have the ability to sense these things to understand to experience what it will be like there when we do When we get that white stone with our new name on it, then we'll know. And oops, I guess we better talk about the stone (laughs) with our new name on it. Three things about it. First, that we get a new name. (laughs) And he who was seated in the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. We will be new, not just living in a new creation. We'll be so new, we need a new name. Do you love your name? i got to tell you, I really don't. Uh, Rick, it's okay. But actually, legally, my name is Ricky. <laughs> After Ricky Ricardo. Kid you not. Seriously, I I, I just really don't like that. <laughs> if you want to irritate me, if you'd like to irritate me, just call me Ricky. That That'll do it. It's great. But there is one benefit. I can always tell when it's some sales guy on the phone. Hey, Ricky, how are you this morning? <laughs> Usually, I just hang up. Okay? <laughs> But when you see that new name given to you by the one who knows you better than you know yourself, ah, that one you'll love. I promise. <laughs> I will give him a white stone with a new name written on it. On the stone, that, with a new name written on a stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. Nobody will understand. Nobody will understand this but you, and me, and each each one of us. Nobody knows. The Trobola seen, nobody knows but Jesus. He really does, and Jesus knows why as well. But a stone, it's not all white, why a stone? Uh, first, for our second item here, specific stones of specific color and shape and size were used by the elite Romans as tickets into special events. You know, like a Seahawks game. <laughs> and oh, those less elite would have loved to have gotten their hands on one of those stones but they didn't have one and they weren't invited in but we do have one we do get in and, by the way a white stone what, why, why, what's a white stone well there's another place where special stones were used the jury each juror was given a white stone and a black stone. I'm sure you can picture them dropping one, and only one, into a sack. Which one? Innocent? Guilty? This picture, this image, carries into the promise to the next church, Thyatira, the one who conquers? and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. And I will give him the morning star, he who has an ear, let him hear, what the Spirit says to the churches. He will rule them with a rod of iron. You may remember that Thyatira was a church that tolerated evil. (laughs) Not just in the world, but right in their midst. They were supposed to root it out. Get rid of it. And Jesus says the true church will rule the nations with a rod of iron. Rule? How? Are we talking judicial rule or police rule? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? Do we make sure everyone toes the line? Or do we judge them and pronounce their sentence? Jesus' next words make it clear. He will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces. In the end, all who believe will cast judgment on those who reject Christ. He will rule them with a rod of iron even as I myself have received authority from my Father. Listen to a few verses from our future. The beast and the false prophet will make war on the Lamb and the Lamb will conquer them for he is Lord of lords and King of kings and those with him are called and chosen and faithful. At the very end, Jesus will come to war against those who make a last stand against him. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, We're following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. We, the armies of heaven, will come with him. And the very fact that some, we, are his leads us to that sad fact some are not his. Some in Sardis were his, but most were not. Jesus said to that church, The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The church in Sardis had much that was putrid and vile. <laughs> you ever walk through a really dirty area in nice, clean clothes? My dad was a mechanic for most of his adult life and he didn't allow us to walk through his shop when we were in nice clothes <laughs> and he kept a clean shop. When you walk in places like that you're kind of afraid the grease and the grime is just going to jump out at you, <laughs> attached to you. I mean, you kind of feel dirty just walking through a place like that. How the good people in Sardis must have felt in that dirty church. And Jesus says, don't worry. I will make you pure. Jesus said of the new creation, Nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Nothing unclean, no one detestable or false, only those written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The one who conquers will have his this heritage. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Did you get increasingly nervous as that list went on? (laughs) Let's face it, we all belong in that list. We all have the dirt. We carry the filth of all that is evil. How can we ever stand before God? when we are so unclean. Then one of the elders addressed me saying, Who are these clothed in white robes? And from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus Christ, His sacrifice in our place is how we are arrayed in white. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And not just a few of us. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. The truth is, we deserve to die the second death, but salvation belongs to our God. Who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never buy his name out of the Book of Life. We think of our citizenship as permanent, born an American, die an American. Even criminals, though they might lose the right to vote, are still Americans, and I think that's right. Unfortunately, in ancient Rome, that was not necessarily the case (laughs) they kept lists of all the Roman citizens in each city especially those who were born or became citizens in that city but everybody was listed, every city and if you somehow came at odds with Rome in that city a ceremony was performed and your name was blotted out of the book you no longer had the protection of Rome you were no longer a citizen Let's see. Exactly what are the odds of that happening with Jesus? (laughs) The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. What name? Oh, yeah. Our new name. Satan will stand there accusing us. You should have seen what he did when he thought no one was looking. Her mind is so filled with filthy thoughts. There's no way she deserves heaven. But Jesus will say, stop. This one is mine. And then he'll look into your eyes and a smile will flood his face and he will call that new name that everyone else will hear for the very first time and he will say, Come into the temple of my God. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God neither shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the New Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven, with my own new name. You as an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. How often do pillars leave temples and you know, just take a vacation? And <laughs> yeah, I don't think they ever do either. And of course, Jesus says, "Never shall he go out of it." We're back to this name thing. Well, three different names. Uh, stop here and recognize that the name thing was much bigger to them than it is to us. Uh, name to them is more who you are as a person. Who you belong to. With. Uh, where you belong. We don't have any of that. But they that was big for them. And Written on everyone who believes is the name of God. We belong to and with God and this city as we've already seen our citizenship the, your citizenship back then was centered on the city in which you obtained it the primary record of your citizenship was there the writer of the Hebrews said here we have no lasting city but we seek the city that is to come Paul said "The Jerusalem above is free and she is our mother John had a glorious vision of the future and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. A city is both the buildings, streets, etc., and the people in it. And the city that will be, in the new creation, that will be, is built by God. Both the infrastructure and the people. I will write on Him my own new name. Wow, that's a glorious and interesting thought. <laughs> Jesus has a new name. Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it, is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. No one knows that new name except Jesus. But one day we will know it whatever that name is we will share in it with Jesus that should take your breath away we've talked about how we gain entrance to this glorious new creation, this new city we've seen the surety of our lives there, its permanence how we will be sustained if you will and we've talked about belonging our new name how Jesus places on us the name of God, the new Jerusalem, even his own new name. And we've talked about justice. Back when Jesus walked on this earth with Peter speaking for the apostles said, see, we've left everything, followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Well, that must have excited them. (laughs) But listen to the final promise Jesus makes to the churches. Laodicea, the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me in my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my Father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear, what the Spirit says to the churches. We've talked around here about our our role in rulemaking on the earth during the millennium. John mentions it later in this letter. Then I saw thrones, and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image, and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Today, we discuss the role we have in the judicial proceedings at the end of the age. But tell me, after kings return victoriously from the battle, after they leave the judgment seat, where do they go to simply be king? The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me in my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. They sit down on their thrones... This is particularly fascinating as the very next thing John records is the fantastic vision he has of God on his throne. A throne Jesus sat on. Just as we will sit on his. It's fantastic. You should read it. But for now, let's just hear the praise we will sing out after experience this wonder firsthand. Worthy are you, O Lord, and God our Lord and God, to receive glory and power and honor. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. We will be right there in the midst of all God's creative power and glory. No wonder we fall down and worship Him. No wonder we cast our crowns before Him. No wonder we praise Him. But for all this that we've talked about, We haven't answered one of our questions. The one who conquers. What is it that we conquer? And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now, the salvation and the power And the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. He accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives, even unto death. We conquer Satan and all his lies, all his deceitful tricks. all his hollow promises all the sin which he leads us into you may remember from a lesson not all that long ago how Paul said this in a letter to the church in Ephesus we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places we do not fight against flesh and blood but we do war and Satan does his best to condemn us. Paul has something to say about that, too. Who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord we will stand uncondemned in victory conquerors over sin and Satan the one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son here you conquerors we are the children of God and nothing will ever separate us from his love We will eat of the tree of life. We will not be hurt by the second death. We will eat the hidden manna. Jesus will call out our new name. We will judge the nations. Our names are secure in the book of life. We will stand like pillars in the new heavenly temple. On our hearts is written the name of God, the name of the new city, and the new name of Jesus Christ. Jesus will invite us to sit on His throne forever. We hope you've enjoyed this message first heard at Living Hope Church of Westport. Please feel free to worship with us, maybe this next Sunday. You can also join us online at southbeachhope.org. We'd appreciate your financial support if that is possible. We are a tiny church in a small town, but at least with the help of Sermon.net, we can share the good news with you and everyone around the world. Hopefully we'll someday be able to worship God together in person. If not in Westport, at least in the rapture.